And so tonight, I want to welcome all of you. The Lord bless you. We appreciate you. I believe that tonight the Lord has placed the word in my heart and in my spirit. We're going to be sharing together tonight. I'd like us to turn our Bibles together to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. This is how it reads. I'm going to take my reading from verse 1 through 7. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, or gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. For the time is near. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him. Who is and who is to come and who was. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the heart. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing with us on what I call Jesus, the desire of all ages. Jesus, the desire of all ages. I would like you to permit me to say tonight that the scripture remains an indelible book with incredible promises of an indescribable God. The scripture remains an indelible book with incredible promises from an indescribable God. I believe through it, wisdom is accessible. Victory is assured. Hope is restored. Dreams are attainable and confidence is ensured. Life itself is considered meaningless or a meaningless venture without a true navigator. Of course, the word of God. I remember David that said, Thy words have I hid in my heart 
that I might not sin against thee. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 4.18. The scripture said the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Tonight, we've just read from the book of Revelation chapter 1. This is one of the most dreaded books, even for those who are in church. But alas, it is the final volume in the divine library. It is the capstone of all the previous revelations. The book of Revelation is not supposedly by God intended to be a concealed book. As a matter of fact, it is called the Revelation. So, by definition, it's supposed to be a revealed book. But it is often considered to be a dreaded book because of the content of that book. It contains fierceness, the doom and the judgment that is coming upon the dying world. This book is probably the least understood book of the 66 books of the Bible. It is the less discussed book of the Bible. Almost every book of the Bible has been overstretched. But Revelation is often except in certain cycles. But it will interest you to know that without Revelation, the Bible won't be a complete book. It puts the finishing torch to the divine panorama of God's counsel. I believe that revelation is God's final word to man. The magnitude of the truth in this book is incomparable. And tonight, we're going to study together the unveiling of this book. In the book of Revelation, we can see clearly that this book is distinct from every book of the Bible because of the uniqueness of its nature. In its nature, we see the earthly and the heavenly activities being revealed. Here we see angels and demons. Here we see the golden millennium. Here we see the destruction of Satan. In this book, we see the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. You see, this book was given to a man called John, who was writing to a group of Christians in the Asia Minor. There were seven churches in the Asia Minor. The Lord Jesus gave him a message to this church at a very critical time. The time that John saw Revelation was a time that the church was going through the burning blaze 
of the, of, the, of the persecution of the ungodly and the heathen government. Many of the disciples and the apostles had been killed. As a matter of fact, history added that at this time, John himself was being incarcerated and was being thrown into an island to be there all by himself. Every attempt to kill John did not work, so they left him in an island all by himself. And this book was sent to the Christians, I believe, who were shackled by the chains of affliction. The message of John was like a blast of a dynamite in the midst of a quiet darkness of the night. Tonight, I would like to call our attention to the subject of this book, which is very interesting. The subject of the book of Revelation is Jesus. The word revelation comes from the root word apocalypto or apocalypsis. I'm going to, de I'm going to define it. The word calypto or calypsis means to cover. To close the curtain. Meanwhile, the word hapo means to remove, to snatch away, to unveil, and to expose. Many apocalyptos is to remove the covering, is to pull the curtain back that we may see Jesus in glory and in majesty. If all that we have read is the gospel, the gospel for the most part did not show us all of Jesus. We saw part of Jesus because in the gospels we saw the humiliation of Jesus. In the gospels, we saw Jesus being beaten and being derided by men. For the most part in the gospel, we saw the, the, the glory of Jesus being covered, hidden by his humanity. In the gospel, we see Jesus as a sovereign servant, suffering for the liberation of all of us today. He was humiliated for us to be liberated. In the gospel, we saw Jesus being hungry. He was thirsty. He was buffeted. He was plunged into the abyss of agony. That's all that we saw of Jesus in the gospel. He was born in poverty. He was raised in obscurity. He was despised of men. And died in agony. And it's interesting for me to let us know tonight, it's only periodically that we saw Jesus manifesting a glimpse of his, of his glory, even in the Gospels. We saw part of this at the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus, together with a few of his disciples, were on the Mount, 
and we saw the experience that happened at the Mount of Transfiguration, we knew that it was one of the first and the, you know, the very first times that Jesus was manifested part of his glory because Jesus' glory outshone the midday sun. So much so that Peter had to say, Oh, Master, can we create three tabernacles here? One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for yourself. But all that we saw at the month of transfiguration was a glimpse of his glory. In another instance, a man had been dead for about four days. And he's been buried. And all hope was gone over this man. But somehow Jesus came to the scene. Because the man was his friend. And Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus. And said, Lazarus, come forth. And I noticed that the heart of a dead man began to palpitate. The blood began to rush through his veins and his arteries. His muscles begin, began to tweet. I like an old preacher who says, if Jesus had spoken and said, Oh, ye dead, come out of the grave. He said, all the deads who are in heaven will have walked out of the grave at the same time. But thank God Jesus said, Lazarus, come out of the grave. But that in itself was a glimpse of his glory. We saw Jesus when the crowd gathered and the night came and there was no place to find food. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and broke it and gave thanks to God and threw it. 5,000 men were fed without women and the children being numbered. The Bible says 12 baskets was left was the, you know, was, was, the, was, was left after everybody had eaten. But that in itself was a glimpse of his glory. What I'm saying tonight, I'm proposing to us tonight, if we stop with the Gospels, what we will have seen is half of Jesus of the New Testament. You're going to get to where I'm going tonight. I know this is a foundation I want us to follow. If we have stopped with the Gospel, what we will have seen is half of Jesus of the New Testament. Let me quickly make a quick description here. In the Gospel, we saw the humiliation of Jesus. Guess what we saw in Revelation? The glorification of Jesus. In the gospel, he received death. In Revelation, he rebuked death. Death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? In the gospel, he comes to convict. In Revelation, he came to condemn. In the gospel, his enemies applauded themselves despite on him. Oh, behold, the king of the Jews. But in Revelation, his enemies appealed. In the gospel, we saw him in misery. His visage was so mad that no one could behold him. But in, in the book of Revelation, we saw him in majesty. In the gospel, he was a savior. And he's still a savior. But in the book of Revelation, he's a sinister, a judge. In the gospel, he is preached by his disciples. In Revelation, he is praised by all. In the gospel, he is a victim. But in Revelation, he is a victor. 
In the Gospels, he got a thorn, a crown of thorn. In Revelation, he received a crown of glory. In the Gospel, he received a cross. In Revelation, he had the rod of authority with him. In the Gospel, he was a criminal. In Revelation, he is a conqueror. In the gospel, he accepted guilt. In Revelation, he accepted glory. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'm glad to present to us Jesus in glory and in majesty. High and holy. Risen and righteous. In spectacular splendor. In the book of Revelation. I'll be glad to tell us tonight, never again to be spat upon in the book of Revelation. Never again to be rolled around in misery. Never again to be rolled with a crown of thorn upon his head. Never again. And once you see him in glory, you will never remain the same. There are those who live their lives, all the days of their lives, they never see him, they never saw him in glory. When you see him in glory, you will never remain the same again. You want to ask me how? Isaiah saw him in glory. Isaiah said, oh, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among men of unclean lips. I'm undone. When Saul, who was an antagonist, saw him in glory, he became Saul the apostle. He became Paul the apostle. When you see him in glory, you will never remain the same. And so tonight, what we have come to do is to behold him in glory. I remember Peter when he saw him. He said, Lord, get away from me for I'm a sinful man. John himself, when he saw him in glory, the Bible said he fell at his feet as though dead. And he said, and, it, and the Bible said, and he spoke unto me, for I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. When we see him in glory, we will never remain the same. And so tonight, I have come to present to us Jesus unveiled, Jesus uncovered, Jesus revealed. Not just to certain men, Jesus was revealed in every book of the Bible. And this is going to be the foundation for our prayers tonight. That in every generation, Jesus made himself known. That in your life, it will be known to you. That in your life, it will be revealed to you. That in your life, it will be ahead and it will make all things perfect in your life. As I studied the scripture, I noticed that this is going to be interesting. In Genesis, it was called the breath of life and the seed of the woman. The Bible said, the seed of the woman shall bruise thy head, O serpent. In Exodus, it was called the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, Jesus was our great high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by the day and the pillar of fire by the night. Why? He provided the succor in every situation of life. When it was the scorching sun of the day, Jesus was the pillar of cloud. When night was done and it was too cold, Jesus was the pillar of fire. In Deuteronomy, he is a prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. When Joshua was about to go into battle with Jericho, Jesus appeared as the captain of the Lord's, of the Lord's, of our salvation. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? In the book of Judges, he was our judge and our lawgiver. 
when everyone was doing what was right in their own sight, Jesus was presented as a lawgiver and as a judge. He gave us Jephthah. He gave us Samson. He gave us Barak and Deborah. He was a lawgiver. He was a judge. In the book of Ruth, he was a kinsman redeemer. Why was he our kinsman redeemer? Jesus, even when we were aliens from the covenant of God, when we were aliens from the promise of God, Jesus remains our you know, kinsman redeemer. In first Samuel, Jesus was our prophet. Jesus was our king. Jesus was the champion that defeated every Goliath in our lives. And I'm, clear to I'm glad to declare to us that if you have a Goliath in your life, Jesus is the one who defeats every Goliath in, every, in, in, in his people's life. Amen. And so we saw in the book of Judges that even though he appeared as a Samson, he was the one who threw the works of the enemy away and defeated the enemy of his people. And so we see tonight Jesus presented to us in every page of the scripture, in 1 Samuel as a Goliath, in 2 Samuel is the anointed king. In 1 King is a wise king. You remember the two ladies that came and one of the children was dead. He is a wise king. He knew what to do at every situation. Remember the book of Luke chapter 5, the Bible says he asked his disciples, what will you give to these people? The disciples came to him and said, we have nothing. The Bible says, for he knew what to do. He's a wise king. In First Chronicles, in First, in Second Kings, we see him as you know, we see him as a, as a reigning king. In First Chronicles, he was a sovereign king. In Second Chronicles, he was the glory that fills the temple of Solomon. And we saw him again in the book of Israel. Israel shows us that Jesus was the one who presented the book of the law. So he, he was. He was a pastor who presented the book of the law for us. He was a scribe, a faithful scribe. The book of Nehemiah, he is the one who rebuilt the world that was been broken down for too long. And I believe that every wall of our lives that have been broken down, when Jesus is revealed, every broken wall, every edifice that has been destroyed will be rebuilt again. The book of Esther is a Mordecai. He's a hidden teacher. Who taught us how to love God? Who taught us how to come from the rubble to the throne? The Bible says he has made us to be princes and princes of his people. In the book of Isaiah is the sovereign servant. The Bible says he's the wonderful, is the counselor, is the mighty God, is the everlasting father, is the prince of peace. Of the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end. So we saw him in the book of Esther as a Mordecai. But again, don't forget that when after Esther had seen him, Job also said, well, I'm part of the story. I also saw him. Job said, I see him as my redeemer who lives forever. That's why I love this song. I know my redeemer lives. I know my redeemer lives. I know that my redeemer lives. And Job believed even in the desperate situation that his redeemer lives. The book of Psalms is our shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. 
He restoreth my soul. Even though I go walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But thou hast anointed my head with oil, and my cup runs over. In the book of Proverbs is our wisdom. The Bible tells us that by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established. The scriptures say wisdom is a principal thing. In Ecclesiastes is our hope. Because the writer of the preacher says vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Empty, empty, all is empty. But it's our hope that in whatever situation we go through, we will not go through emptiness in our lives. The songs of Solomon is our lover, our bridegroom. I love songs of Solomon. My beloved is mine, and I am his. Who shall find my beloved for me? In the book of Isaiah, I just said, he is the sovereign servant. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the everlasting father. Of the increase of his government, the Bible says, there shall be no end. In Jeremiah, he's a righteous branch. In Lamentation, is the weeping prophet, weeping for his children, that they may come to the knowledge of the truth. He's a weeping prophet. Many times the, the Lord is weeping over his church, weeping over his people, that they may come to the knowledge of his will. He's a weeping prophet in the book of Lamentation. In Daniel, we all understand that in the book of Ezekiel, sorry, in Ezekiel, Jesus was the, four, was the wind that came from the four corners of the earth. And he blazed over those dry bones that were in the valley. And the Bible says, and there arose a mighty army out of that valley. The book of Daniel, it was the fourth man in the midst of the fiery furnace. He was always with his people. Now, however serious, however, however difficult the situation may be, I'm going to be right there with you. You'll go through fire, you'll go through waters, I will be with you. I will not leave you alone. I'll be right there in the midst of fire with you. Sometimes as believers, we pray that the fire will not come. But Jesus said, even in the midst of the fire, I'll be right there in the midst of the fire with you. How many of us are going through fires of life, fires of situation? Things become very difficult. But Jesus remains the fourth man in the midst of the fire. In Osea, the Bible tells us that Jesus remains our God. In Osea, he was a husband who never abandoned us, even when we strayed away from him. How many of us remember Osea with his wife who went allotry after they were married? Jesus waited for us. Even in the midst of our allotry, many times many of us have been playing allotry with the things that we do, with the places that we go, with the people that we relate with. We've been playing allotry with him. But he remains a faithful husband. He's waiting for the day that will come like the, like the father of the prodigal. The Bible said when he saw his child coming afar off, he ran towards the child and embraced the child. What a God we serve. He's our husband. He's our husband. I loved scriptures in the book of Joel. The Bible says he's our baptizer. Who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit? And this is not just the case. He baptizes both old and young. He baptizes both male and female. He baptizes both the master and also the servant. He left none. Everyone was baptized by him. In the book of Joel, he's our baptizer. What a God. In the book of Amos, the Bible says he's our burden bearer. I don't know many of us who came here tonight with a burden in our heart. He's our burden bearer. There are things you cannot discuss with men. He's our burden bearer. He bears our burdens for us. In the book of Abadiah, the Bible says he's a mighty savior. That we may possess our possession. He's our mighty savior. I love scriptures in the book of Jonah. He's our forgiving, 
And he's a forgiving God who gives us a second chance. Do we remember the book of Jonah? How God gave that land another opportunity to repent. Nineveh, he gave them a second chance to repent. How many of us tonight know that God is a God of second chance? Who gives us another opportunity to redeem us, to bring us back to himself. And that's what he has done in the book of Micah. He's a messenger with a beautiful feet. What a messenger he is. With a beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's a stronghold. The stronger would deliver us from all troubles of life. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 tells us. It delivers us from all troubles. He is a stronghold. In the book of Habakkuk, he is a great evangelist crying for revival. In the third day, you will revive us. Revive us, oh Lord. Revive us. Revive us. Revive us, oh Lord. The book of Sephaniah is the restorer of the remnant and the glory of Israel. I don't know what we have lost, but it's the restorer of the glory of Israel. In Haggai, is the fountain that never dries. It's the one that restores every lost heritage. The Bible says, and the scripture says, and the glory of this house shall surpass that of the former. What a restorer he is. When the older men saw the, the, the temple that had been built, and they started to cry. And the younger generation saw the temple, and they began to smile and rejoice. And he said through his prophet, remember, the glory of this latter house shall surpass that of the former. In Zechariah, is the pierced son. The prophecy of how Jesus will be killed was found in Zechariah. Hallelujah. He received that pain ahead of time, before we ever got there. In the book of Malachi, is the son of righteousness arising with healings in his ways. I don't know if we're seeking our body tonight. He's the son of righteousness who shines brighter than the moon day. Who can shine in all situations. You know what occurred to me while I was reading through this? You know, when people have certain disease, they bring them through radiation. There is a divine radiation. That destroys every high altar of disease in the lives of those who put their trust in him. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but stands forever. I will say of that Lord, is my rock, my, 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 my fortress. In him will I trust. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Between Malachi and the book of Matthew, there was about 500 years of silent period. But you know what? It was never silent. In the book of Matthew, it became the promised Messiah. It was promised and it came to be. And the virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son. And we shall call his name Emmanuel. For the Lord, for God is with us. In the book of Mark, is a miracle worker. In the book of Luke, is the son of man. In the book of John, he's the son of God. The scripture tells us in verse 12 of John chapter 1, and he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them, gave you power to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. In verse 14, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the book of Acts, he was the ascended Lord, who released the power of the Holy Spirit to his followers. 
As many of us that are here tonight, we're yearning and asking the Lord, Lord Jesus, where do I belong? It will be to you as your need. That's where I'm going tonight. In every of those books of the, of, the, of the Bible, Jesus appeared himself as a solution to every need. I don't know the need that you have tonight, but Jesus knew the need of his disciples. He knew the work that was ahead of them. They were to rebuild and continue with the work that he has laid before them. And they needed an extra ability that was beyond the ability of man. They needed a supernatural ability. How will it happen? It will happen by the power of the Spirit. Gave them the Holy Spirit. I love scriptures in the book of Romans. It was a justifier. How many of us came here tonight condemned? Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In 1 Corinthians, he is our last Adam. You know why? Because the first Adam failed us. The first Adam was our father. He fell into sin. He disobeyed God. He lost his position. But the last Adam came and said, listen, I am going to restore to you everything that you have lost. I'm your last Adam. There is no hope beyond him. I wonder why people follow after men today, but there is no hope outside of Jesus. He's the last redeemer. He's the last supply that God was ever going to give to man. So he's our last Adam. In 2 Corinthians, we saw him as he reveals himself to his own people. He reveals himself and showed his people that even in the midst of difficulty is our comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, when you go through difficulty, rejoice, for I will be a comfort to you with comfort with which you will need to comfort others. It was our comfort in 2 Corinthians. And that's what he did. And that's what also to see today that indeed, when we go through difficult times, let us not lose hope. Let us not lose hope. He's our comfort. I love Galatians. Many of us, sometimes we struggle with certain issues in our lives. But you know what I see in the book of Galatians? He was the one who destroyed the power of a curse over our lives. The Bible says he became a curse for us. For curse is the one that, angered, that, that hung upon the tree. Jesus became a curse for us. In Ephesians, Jesus became the giver of good gifts. I love the way Ephesians chapter 4 says it. The Bible says, he that descended is he that ascended and has given gifts unto men. Unto some he gave to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. He gave gifts unto men. How many of us here here tonight? And you're saying, my life is empty. He's the giver of gifts. James chapter 1. Every good gift and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning. He gave gifts. In the Philippians, is the supplier of every need. Philippians chapter 4. The Bible says, my God shall supply your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not by any other means, but by Christ Jesus. For he is the only way. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. In Colossians, the Bible says, he is the fullness of Godhead bodily. He is the fullness of Godhead bodily. Is the fullness. In other words, if you're looking for the Godhead, in him, everything is, 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 everything is encapsulated. In him is the fullness of Godhead. You know, body, you know, Godhead bodily. And we all see from that place, the Bible says, and for the church, he has made us to be above principalities and powers. We saw that from Colossians. And Jesus revealed himself in glory, even to the, Colos, the church at Colos. And the same he wants to do today when we relate with him the way we should. First and second Thessalonians is the soon coming king. 
What a God. He's the soon coming king. He said to the church, he said, well, do not walk, walk circumstances. Don't walk as though those who are in darkness, but those who are in the light. For watch it, for this Jesus will come back. It will be like a thief in the night. He's the soon coming king. The first and second Timothy is the mediator between God and man. He provided a mediation between us and the Father. In Titus, is our blessed hope. Is our blessed hope and our pastor who teaches us how we should live, how we should conduct ourselves in the house of God. In Philemon, he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many times we think brothers will help us, but there is a friend in Jesus that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, I love Hebrews. Hebrews tells us so many things about it. He revealed himself in several ways. Jesus revealed himself. He said, I'm the, I'm the one, you know, he said, I'm, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, it was the blood of the covenant in the, book of, in the book of Hebrews. Jesus revealed himself. Jesus said, I'm the high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He has not left us alone. He knows what you feel. He knows what you go through. He is the high priest who has the feelings of our infirmities. How many times even as pastors we pretend to know everything that people go through. And we want to tell them, I know what you're going through. We don't. We don't because we never went through it. Tell me what we want to go through today that Jesus had not been through. He's been derided. He's been oppressed. He's been buffeted. Yet, the Bible says, he opened not his mouth. So we saw Jesus reveal himself in the book of Hebrews as an high priest. Who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What a great God we serve tonight. And I want us to begin to open our hearts to him tonight because he's going to reveal himself to you the way you really are. He wants to reveal himself to you the way he has actually planned to do. If you can open our hearts to him and say, Lord Jesus, I know you are my high priest. I know you are my high priest. There are desires in my heart that, Lord, that men cannot satisfy. There are desires in my life that people cannot satisfy. Jesus, you are my high priest. You are my high priest. You are my high priest. In the book of James, I love James. He is a healer who heals every sickness, who heals every disease. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him. For the prayer of faith shall save the sick. If he has committed sin, it will be forgiven him. In first and second Peter's, the Bible says he's our chief shepherd. In first, second, and third John, he is our everlasting love. He loves us so much beyond the love of a man, beyond the love of a spouse. He loves us even unto the end of the age, he says. What a loving God that we serve. He loves us even to the end of the age. He loves us beyond the comprehension of man. In Jude, he is the Savior that is coming with the 10,000 of his saints. We're coming back here. It's not over yet. When Jesus appears in the sky and we go with, to meet with him in the sky, we're coming back to rule over this earth. We're coming back to take charge of things. We're coming back. And you know what? It's interesting. In the 1,000 years, Satan will be bound for those 1,000 years. We will see the glory of God. We will see Jesus ruling and reigning from the Mount of Olives. And we shall reign alongside with him. How many of us want to reign with Jesus? We want to reign with him. We want to reign with him. That time, every weakness will have been done away with. The weakness of the flesh will have been done away with. The glory of God will overshadow those who belong to him. And in Revelation, he's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. 
And tonight, we've come to present to us Jesus in all of the books of the Bible, revealing himself in glory and in majesty, in splendor, in spectacular splendor. That whatever may be the need of our lives, all we need is for Jesus to be revealed. Jesus said, if I'm lifted, I would draw men unto myself. If I'm lifted, if I'm exalted in the midst of my people, I would draw men unto myself. I don't know how many of us are here tonight. We look at ourselves and we can't see nothing out of our lives. Guess what? It, whatever may be the condition of your life, they can't be satisfied with all of this manifestation. Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is enough. Jesus only is our message. Jesus is our power. Jesus is our sanctifier. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is our liberator. Jesus is our king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's coming back with the glory and majesty. I want us to rise up tonight as the people of God to pray. The Lord gave me confidence tonight and said, present my word to my people. I'd wanted to present something simpler. But the Lord said, why do you gather? It's because of me. That's why, even without him, I know many people wouldn't know I has to see come. Jesus only is a message. We can gather in church and do everything we can and we can miss the focus. Jesus is a message. Jesus only is a message. Tonight, all I'm praying for is that all of us will see him in glory and majesty. You know the struggle we go through? The reason why we can't follow him the way we should is because we haven't seen him in glory and in majesty. When John saw him, he said, I fell at his feet as though dead. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Jesus is the desire of all ages. In every age where he's enthroned, he's glorified among those who trust in him. Tonight I want us to open our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, this is my life. Reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself in glory and in majesty. Reveal yourself in honor and in splendor. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself as a champion. If we're going through difficulties, some of us are facing Goliath in our lives, I want you to say to him tonight, Lord, reveal yourself to me as my deliverer. Reveal yourself. You know what I go through. You know the pain in my heart. You know the pain in my heart. Lord, reveal yourself to me tonight. Reveal yourself in my situation. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. This story jumped into my spirit and I will say it. I said it on Tuesday in the Bible study. You know many times what we see as believers is just a glimpse of his glory. Do we remember the man that was blind from his mother's womb? And Jesus saw him and said, what will you have me do? So that I may see. And Jesus spat on the ground and placed it on his eyes. And the man said, I can see now. Jesus said, how do you see? I see men as trees. <laughs> Jesus laid hands on him again and said, what do you see? Ah, now I can see. Men are not trees. Some of the things we see, we see men as trees. That's the glory we see. But he wants us to see clearly. He wants us to see without dilution. 
He wants us to see and believe him for who he is. He's the God of glory. I want us to pray tonight, Lord, let me see your glory. That was the prayer that Moses prayed. Lord, let me see you in glory. Let me see you in glory and majesty. Let every situation in my life bow before your glory and your splendor. Let every situation in my life bow before your glory and your splendor in my life. Lord Jesus, do it tonight. Do it tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. We're going to pray one more prayer tonight. The prayer we're going to pray is from that church in the book of John, in the book of Revelation. The message was very simple. Take your eyes off your circumstance. Put your eyes on the Lord Jesus. You know what I saw? Was it that John was not hurting himself? He was hurting. He was part of the people. John was hurting. Yet he said, the same way that I was able to see the revelation, the same way with which the Lord is going to reveal himself to you. I took my eyes away from my circumstance. You know, sometimes, praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, there are circumstances in life that are tragic. But you know what I noticed? In the midst of the tragedy, God will always bring his greatness. John was taken into the highland and he was left alone all by himself. It was then that the bliss of heaven, that the door of heaven was opened to him. And he saw an unprecedented revelation. Something without which the Bible would not be complete. What am I saying tonight? Some of us are going through tough times. Joseph went through difficult times. Who could have thought that this young man will end up as a prime minister in the land? His brothers sold him to slavery. Those who love him sold him to slavery. They sold him to slavery. The Potiphar's wife lied against him. He was thrown into prison. He was left in the prison. Nobody remembered him. But you know what I noticed? God was waiting for the right time for him to be glorified in his life. I want you to pray tonight, Lord, be glorified in my life. Be glorified in my situation. This circumstance is tough, but be glorified. This situation is difficult, but be glorified. Make a way where there seems to be no way. Turn things around in the name of Jesus. Let's speak to the Lord tonight. Lord, turn things around in my life. Be glorified, Father. Spirit of the living God, have your way tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Please, I want you to join me to pray this prayer. Are we tired of praying? I want us to pray. Whatever has been a covering, covering the glory of God in my life. Let the facade, let the facade, let the covering be removed. The prayer that we're praying tonight is a, is a serious prayer. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 25, the Bible says, and the Lord shall remove the covering cast upon all people. He will remove the covering cast upon all people. Tonight we're going to pray. Every covering cast upon my life, every covering 
cast upon my destiny. Every covering cast upon my family. Every covering cast upon my career. Every covering cast upon my future. Every covering cast upon my ambition. Every covering cast upon my upon my ventures. Let them be removed. Let them be removed. Let them be removed. Let the glory of God break forth in my life. Let it break forth. Let the covering be removed. Shatter the covering. Destroy the covering. Destroy the covering. Let your power break through into my life. As you got revealed in revelation, no covering anymore. No covering anymore. No misery anymore. Lord, let your glory manifest. Break me forth into my own time. In the name of Jesus. Break forth, Lord. Break forth, Lord. Break forth, Lord. The Bible says, Arise, shine. For the light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall be a light upon thee. Tonight, the Lord wants to be a light upon his own people. In the name of Jesus, let the glory be revealed. Let the covering be removed. In the name of Jesus. Remove the covering. Tear down the walls. In the name of Jesus, tear down the walls. Tear it down. Tear it down. Tear it down. Tear it down. We didn't come here to see man. We came to see you, Lord of glory. Let the glory break forth. The Bible said they go from glory as they be ordained by the Spirit of the Lord. Tonight, the Bible said everyone that came to Zion went from strength to strength. Everything that has weakened us, Lord, we command them to be removed. If we are sick in our body, let's command the sickness to leave. The power of God is in this place. Let's command the sickness to go. Let it 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 go. We command the sickness to go. Let the sickness go. Let the disease go. Let the power of God bring liberty. Let it move, Lord. Let your power move in this place. We break the hearts of the evil one. We break the hearts of the enemy. We decree strength. We decree power. We decree glory. We decree shining. The path of the righteous like a shining light that shines bright and bright unto the perfect day. Let your glory shine in the lives of your people tonight. Move in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. The scripture said the weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. I want us to say tonight, the weeping is over. You know why? You know why? He's become a weeping prophet. Two people cannot weep for the same situation. He's weeping on my behalf. I cannot weep. I cannot weep. He's weeping on my behalf. I cannot weep. I command the weeping to be over. I command the weeping to be over. He's my weeping prophet. He's my weeping prophet. Lipakosataya. Lidre kokoside. Limbradoskata. Redikakote. Yes, tonight. He wept on my behalf. Weeping has endured already. Joy has come in the morning. Let the money of joy dawn on this place. Let it dawn on my soul. 
Let it dawn on this house. Let it dawn on God's people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Jesus sets me free. I cannot be bound. Sets me free. Jesus sets me free. I cannot be bound. I cannot be bound. He sets me free. I cannot, I cannot be bound. I cannot, I cannot be bound. Amen. Jesus sets me free. I cannot be bound. He sets me, Jesus sets me free. I cannot, I cannot be bound. He sets me, Jesus sets me free. I cannot, I cannot be bound. I cannot be Let's sing this prophetic song and just tell the Lord, He sets me free. Jesus sets me free. I cannot, I cannot be. He sets me. I cannot, I cannot be bound. You set me, Jesus sets me. I cannot, I cannot be bound. I cannot be bound. Can we just walk in the midst of God's people tonight and say, Lord, I am set free. I cannot more be bound. It's a prophetic walk. I cannot be bound. I'm free. I'm free from the shackles. I'm free from the bondage. I'm free from every chain. I'm free. He is my restore. Every broken word is rebuilt again. Every situation that has been out of control is brought under control. In every generation, in every situation, it remains the same. I cannot be bound. Jesus said. He sets me free. He sets me free. I say, He sets me free. I cannot be bound. Jesus. He sets me free. Oh, Last time Jesus sets me free, I cannot be bound. Jesus sets me free. He sets me free. I'll set the Lord sets me free. I cannot be bound. He sets me free. I cannot be bound. Oh. Yeah.
for prayer. Father, we want to thank you tonight. Your kinsman redeemer, the book of Ruth shows us. The Bible says we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers. By your grace, as Ruth was brought in and she became part of the heritage of the divine, so also have we been adopted that we may become part of the heritage of the divine. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that we may become the partakers of the divine nature of God. We thank you tonight for the grace that you have given to us. Your word shows us that you are the reliever, you are the redeemer from the curse of the law. Every curse that have been placed upon us before now, before we were born, the Bible says you redeemed us from the curse of the law. Each time we remember the cross, we remember the defeat of the cross that was placed upon us. Tonight, alongside with all the saints and the seven spirits that stand before the Lord, we decree tonight we can no more be bound. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim total, absolute freedom tonight. In the name of Jesus, we're free. We're free. We are free to become what you have spoken about us. We are free to fulfill our destiny. We are free to become what you have said about us. We are free to become instruments in your hand. Everyone in this place, the book of Joel shows us, either young or old, male or female, servant or master, everyone became a candidate of God's Holy Spirit because there's a divine assignment. We're leaving this place tonight with an endowment from above that we have an assignment from the Almighty to take your word, to take your counsel to the hands of the earth. We will not fail. We will not falter because we are empowered to do it. We proclaim over our families, let the facades of darkness, let the power that stays in the Orions and in the Flyers, the things that have had us bound, like Daniel prayed, and the Bible said on the 21 days, a reply came directly from heaven. And the prince of Pasha was defeated. Every prince of Pasha symbolically standing against every prayer, standing against every calling upon you, standing against every counsel of God in our lives. Every prince of Pasha, we command that the power of God will be released tonight. We destroy the hold. We destroy the hold of the prince of Pasha. For the Lord is a stronghold in the days of trouble. Thank you. We give you glory tonight. We give you all the honor today. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And the church said amen. Amen. And the church said amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord tonight and bless him. Hallelujah. We're going to give our offerings to the Lord in a short while. Let's just give our offerings to the Lord. I want us to go back home with assurance tonight. There is nothing we're going through. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. There is no situation that we're going through. Jesus is enough.
Maybe we could sing that song, right? Jesus sets me free. Jesus sets me free. I can Jesus set me free. I cannot be bound. Jesus set me free. Oh yes, I cannot be free. I cannot, I cannot be free. See, Jesus set me free. I cannot be found. Jesus set me free, oh yes, Jesus. I cannot, oh yeah, Jesus set me free. He set me free, I cannot. Jesus set me free, Jesus. Set me free, yes, Lord Jesus. I cannot be found. Jesus set me free. I cannot be found. I cannot. Jesus set me free. Now I cannot be found. I cannot. Hallelujah. He indeed set us free. I just sense in my spirit that something is going on in our lives. I just sense that. I just sense that. I want us to be expectant of the Lord's grace and move and glory in our lives. The next couple of days will be coming with, with tremendous manifestation of the glory and the power of God. We will sense an unusual visitation of God. You know why I believe that? I've experienced that. I've experienced that. I know God is going to bring us to an unusual glory. Unusual manifestation of his glory. Unusual one. Some of us will see dreams and visions. God will give us things that we have never known before. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the offering. This is what we have brought to you. To let you know that we love you. Sometimes offering don't reflect our hearts. Because our pause.